What up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales podcast where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I am your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is Jen Kale. Hello. Say what's up, Jen. What's up? So, Jen Kale, if you've been at my gym here anytime in the past, what, 10 years? Yep. Uh, you probably ran into Jen Kale. She's the tallest girl usually <laughs> in class. Nah. I walk tall. That's all that matters. <laughs> no, nah, I always give her crap. But Jen <laughs> Kale and I go way back. I think I met you. Oh, 2006. Yeah. Like, yeah, a long yeah. time ago. And uh, when I met her, I was actually in high school when I met you and I was training her. <laughs> How crazy does that and sound? And I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually, no one knows that. Yeah, so I didn't ma- know. If, if, if it makes you feel better, no one knew yeah. the secret. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I met Jen Kale. Uh one thing I love about Jen Kale, there's a lot of things I love about you, but one thing I wanted to tell you, you've always been super, su- super supportive and super sweet and genuine to me. Oh, so thank, thank you. you for that. Jen. Yeah, of course. And so what we're going to talk about today before we get into our story of how, you know, how we became such good friends is we're going to talk about my experience when I was driving uh, unlicensed. I was an unlicensed driver for a good portion of my life. So I say about 14 to 23, I was driving without a license and I kind of wanted to talk about this, but I didn't want to talk about it alone. And I thought it'd be good to bring somebody that's an officer and that's in the field and kind of get their perspective of the, each scenario that I was in and kind of get what they, what, what they would do. And if you think the situation was handled correctly, and at the end of the day, what we want to do with this is we want to kind of educate everyone to let them know kind of of how I dealt with it and how an officer dealt with it and kind of get you in a an idea of how you should kind of deal with a mindset. Yeah, a mindset you go into when yeah. you have a police officer in your face <laughs> in an uncomfortable situation. Because I've had those that do not know, I've had a lot of incidents where I had asshole police officers and then I had really nice police officers and i kind of wanted to uh, share all those stories and i think jen kill is a perfect person for jen kill and i actually went on a ride along once too yep and she took me on a ride along this was probably back in the day too i think back in the day oh nine yeah and um, i was working nights yeah patrol it it was a funny funny time. I this was I I think this was the first time I was in a, on a ride along. Mm-hmm. And Jen, I didn't realize all the like domestic stuff. We went to people's wow. houses because yep. they were arguing. I did It was new to me. I'm like, damn, you guys do this? Yeah. I'm like, this not, we're the guns in the high speed chases. Nah. <laughs> but the, the, we the, did we did go into that apartment when all those people were in a fight. Yeah, Remember it was a that? fight. Yep. Uh, and it was a lot of Hispanics. I and, made you come with me. <laughs> and they were mad at me. I had, I was translating, and one of the guys was like, yo, why are you with them? <laughs> it was hilarious. But we're kind of going to get out on, on subject as far as where we're going to talk about. And I'm kind of going to, I'm going to share a, a scenario that I was in, and then she's going to tell me what she would have done or the police officer handled it correctly if she agrees with what they did. And then I'm going to kind of share what how I felt at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very first one that I'm going to talk about is uh, this was I was I had just picked up my nephew um, from you know, he's a nephew that's older than me because his mom is a lot older than me. So the age, it sounds crazy. It sounds like my little kid nephew. This is 
This is a 19-year-old nephew at the time. Okay. And um, we had just, I had just picked him up. We're driving home, and we get pulled over. And when we get pulled over, uh, it was at gunpoint. Guns drawn, cops come out, and they take out take us out of the car. And first thing, they start searching us like crazy, search the car. And after everything, they just let me go. But they gave me a ticket for driving without a license because that's pretty much all they found. Um, one thing, though, they didn't take my car. Usually they would take my car, impound it. They did not do that. They just gave me the license, uh, driving without a license ticket, fine, whatever, and let me go. I, at the time, felt it was very, like, discriminating. I That's just how I felt. I felt like they were trying to find something or they were trying to fuck with me, in other words. Uh, how do you, do you think that, what what could have caused that? What do you, how do you, do you see that as an officer? So just on those circumstances, as you give them to me, I think that there's more information that you probably didn't know yeah. or maybe wasn't explained to you because mm -hmm. when officers pull their guns out, there's certain um, rules that we have to abide by and there's certain kind of requirements that, um, have to meet that criteria for us to do that. So we don't just, you know, roll out at out. night, yeah. pull our guns out, on yeah. a, you know, on a whim, exactly. right? It, a felony has to have occurred. There's reasons why, like, if we're going to do what you described, would I would refer to as a felony stop. And that has very, um, like, certain amount of restrictions that are applied to that. So mm -hmm. um, if they're searching you in your car and you might meet the, description of uh, somebody who just committed a felony and they're looking for that person yeah which is probably why they made the decision not to tow your car or said okay thanks we're gonna send you on your way but here's your ticket so we know who we stopped exactly yeah yeah I can see so that. depending on not knowing all of the yeah. all of the facts that kind of lead up to that that maybe weren't expressed to you yeah um, at that time it just makes me ask more questions about yeah what? I can I can agree with that now. Yeah, I'm sure going through <laughs> that experience and then people not relating to you like all the details because I know sometimes when we're in those stops and things are happening, we're looking for guns, weapons, thing you know something that's a suspect would have taken with them. Yeah. Um, One thing I always took offense to. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Sorry, right, Jose. <laughs> I hate and you're gonna hear this often in all the scenarios, but for the most part, I always got my car searched. All the time. Like, it was never, like, just, okay, you don't have a license, you're just taking a home. It was always, like, okay, get out the car, I'm going to search you, I'm going to search your car, I'm going to search your trunk. I always found that very offensive for some reason. I always found, like, they were, in a way, judging me as if I for sure know you have something. You know what I mean? Well. And But at the time, like how you said, a felony stop, mm -hmm. obviously. There's more. There's more to, to it, it that maybe I didn't you were not it. aware of at the time. Yeah, which makes or sense. Or someone didn't tell you. Yeah, and that's how I thought at that time. I was kind of like, damn, I'm literally just going home, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't know this. They could be probably looking for something. Yeah, or, or maybe or somebody that was rolling with you was on probation. Yeah. And so they were looking for something. I mean, I, there's, yeah, you know, uh, different scenarios or reasons why, like, not knowing who pulled you over or at that time, you know. and Exactly, yeah. Um, but it does... I know that if we're pulling people over and doing searches, that there's more to it than um, yeah, than the restrictions and you know. Yep. Um, another time, this is actually a good cop. I was running late for work, and I was uh, 
driving. I was driving driving on the carpool lane, mm-hmm. and when you merge onto the freeway, you know the little off side ramp? lane. Yeah. yeah, and I actually got on the carpool lane because I didn't want to wait for the um, you know, the light to turn green to merge on the freeway. So you were impatient. Yes, <laughs> and I agree with this. I shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah, I got pulled over, and when I got pulled over, the cop actually he was actually a CHP officer. He pulled me over and um, he just asked where I was going, why I was such in a hurry. And I told him I'm late for work, blah, blah, blah. And he was actually very polite. This one, he was very, 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 very. He was like, look, man, I don't agree because I'm a dreamer and I just couldn't get a license. A lot of people didn't understand why I was driving without a license. I didn't just choose not to take my driver's license. I couldn't get it. Right. And uh, he understood that. He was like, you know, I don't I don't really believe with the whole thing that's going on with that. Uh, he's like, just drive safe go to work and he didn't give me nothing but the fact the way he reacted to it and the way he talked to me about it made me really like look at look at um police officers and everything different like i'm like you know what they're not all assholes you know what i mean true so i was like you can't really judge everybody by one person you know what i mean and that kind of helped me with that one that made me feel good because i i've had that honestly i think I've, i had a few of those and I, it wasn't just one right but the reason why that one stands out so much is the fact that he told me he didn't agree with me not communication yeah communication 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 is key yeah how do you feel about that scenario do you think yeah. he did the right thing would you yeah i i mean i think officers have discretion mm-hmm. um and i think it's a good example of that and you know i know um, a lot of the folks that I work with feel the same way that you, we want to do a good job. We want to help people and we want people leaving, you know, a situation where they feel like, Hey, you know what? That wasn't so scary or that wasn't so bad. No. Um, not every situation has to be, you know, with an asshole cop. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, obviously the right, the, the time that I was driving from 14 to about 23, I probably shouldn't have been uh, 14, 15, 16. I didn't drive. Like, I didn't have my own car already. Mm-hmm. Like, I only drove when I had to go to work or something like that. And my m- someone couldn't take me or something like that. One incident, I actually took my mother's car to work. And this was in Folsom. Mm-hmm. And sh- I had to make it back in time so my mom can take the car to go back to work. So she can go to work. Because we were sharing this car, right? Right. So I'm driving down 50. And I completely guilty i would admit it now i admit it then i was driving really really fast i was not being a, i was not being a safe driver and i'm driving really fast down 50 i exit the freeway and once i exit i see a chp officer on a motorcycle pull behind me pulls me over and uh, when he pulls me over first thing he says is like do you know how fast you're going i'm like oh shit obviously i'm about to get a speeding ticket but i could tell as soon as he found out, because when you get, when you're at this time, I couldn't get no ID either. So right. my ID was a <coughs> Mexico consulate ID. I don't know if you ever seen mm-hmm. one of those. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the, that was yeah. my ID. Okay. So as soon as I felt like as soon as I gave him my ID yep. and he saw that it was that, I kind of felt his energy and his everything, demeanor, everything just change. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is first when he pulled me over, he was kind of like, do you know how fast you were going? I was like, yeah, I know. I was speeding, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, give me your license registration. When I gave him the registration and then the ID, as soon as he saw the ID, his demeanor changed. He went from a nice how fast you were going. Because he wasn't mean when he said that. He was just kind of, do you know how fast you were going? As soon as he saw that, it went from nice to get out the car. Da, 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 da. I get out the car. 
he puts me in handcuffs, and then when he has me in handcuffs, he's just going off on me. He says, oh, it's because people like you are driving on my roads, that in my country. Like, he's just going off, 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 and off. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, this is the first time that I literally had to, like, stop myself from really wanting to hit this guy or do something. Like, I was in so much anger and so much Insult. everything. Yeah, it's yeah. like it was everything. It was a mix of emotions of everything. One, it's just all these things he's saying about me now that, uh, yeah, I was driving fast, but this doesn't go into starting insulting my race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I kind of just really, I was pissed off. And, and how old were you at that time? At that time, I was, I think I was 16. Oh, okay. 16, 17. I was, uh, I was underage Younger. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he pulled me over, and he went off, da-da-da, and then he impounded my mom's car, and then, then he just left me there, right? And, um, and he's going to find a way, whatever the hell. And I, I remember walking down. It was uh, Sunrise, walking down Sunrise and to Denny's, and that's when I called uh, somebody come pick me up. But throughout the whole walk, I was just crying. I was crying. I was pissed. I had all these mixed emotions. And then what, re- what really made me tear up more is the fact that they took the car that my mom had to go to go to work for. You know what I mean? It was just like. Right. And, and then everything. So I was just pissed. Long story short, how do you think he handled that? How would you handle it? Do you agree with the situation? Tell me what you think. Well, I, I do remember you telling me uh, that story back um years ago yeah and you know i felt bad for you because you know that type of experience really shouldn't happen regardless of you know how the officer's personal feelings play into whatever their beliefs are um i would never and i you know i'd like to think that i've made it through my career without ever making anybody feel that way um and i know a lot of people i work with feel the same way um because there's a, a way to be professional and still do the job. And when you start to mix in your personal feelings or beliefs to belittle someone, regardless of the situation, you know, it's, it's not just right. not professional. Yeah. And I think it's, account. you know, everyone has to take accountability for um, actions as we learn. Right. So, like, as I think um, just in general, police work is evolving um, and training is changing to um, kind of attack these type of moments so that people aren't experiencing that or should be leaving feeling that right Mm because the job's still done (coughs) professionally um but without awareness or knowing that this has happened like that's the only time that we can change things yeah right so i like to think that i'm a part of the change because when i deal with people like it's with dignity and respect yeah maybe a little humor on the side but I always want someone to think, you know, a positive experience and, you know, lessons learned. Yep. So. Very true. Yeah. Because you kind of relate that to the previous incident that I talked about where I was driving in a carpool lane and the guy was really nice and polite and communicated. It made me look at it very differently versus the next incident. Right. I was wrong both times, but I felt way different both times just because of how he, the police. Communicated. Communicated. Exactly. Even if the cop. The pre- the CHP the first one when I was in the carpool lane even if he would have impounded my car and everything, but the way he communicated to me was way different than the previous guy. You right. know what I'm saying? It was just the communication of it was, which is key, like yeah. how you said. And you know, there's different personalities, right? Like there's mm-hmm. different per- personalities in every field um, that you come across, 
you know, whether it's the doctor's office or the dentist or the grocery store, there's different personalities everywhere and learning to manage those and how to communicate with them and then, you know, teach them how to communicate with other people so that we can minimize the negative experiences. Yep. Very true. Um, Next one is one time I was getting off work. I worked at Olive Garden, so I'm in my tie and all that. And I'm pulling up to my house. I get out the car. I'm starting to walk up to my house now. And as I'm in my my walkway? door, walkway, pulling up to my, I'm not in my house yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it was a sheriff, actually. A sheriff pulls up, same thing, uh, freeze, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And so I drop everything. I just stay there. He grabs the keys to my car, searches my car, searches everything in my car. And once he couldn't find nothing, he asked for my driver's license. And I was like, what? I wasn't even in my car. I was walking. <laughs> I was walking. He was like, well, you're driving without a license. He gave me a ticket for that. And um, he said he saw me from a while back. This was his version. He saw me down. He saw me for miles. He followed me to my house. And he said I hadn't had my headlights on. And that's what made him want me to pull me over. And he didn't get to me in time. Until I was walking to my house. Mm-hmm. That was his version. Um, at the time, I felt kind of like, yo, I'm literally walking to my house. You come up to me and you're trying to find something, searching my car, searching everything. And then once you couldn't find that, then now you're kind of like, okay, well, here's your ticket for n- no license. I kind of felt insulted again. Like, kind of like, I'm not even driving. You weren't even behind me. Nothing. And you just try to look for one thing to give me for it and at the end of the day that's all you can find you know what i mean how do you see that scenario compared to that do you think you go ahead i'll let you answer well i mean I, it makes me think like how many times you know there, there have been plenty of times where i have um if i've seen somebody without headlights you know that i'll follow them because they can a lot of people who drive under the influence yep. forget to turn the lights exactly. on yeah, so yeah. you know i would make an investigative stop to determine more information mm-hmm. um, and by contacting you before <coughs> you get to the door, that could have been the situation in that case where maybe he suspected you were DUI or yeah. looking for something else Yeah, makes sense. that could have been intoxicated, but you know, not knowing the off, you know, who the officer was leaves me with more questions because I would be curious, but I can see where, you know, the uh, situation as you explain it, how it makes you feel. Yeah. Like there was, you know, it's yeah. only one sided. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so it's it's a little, it leaves you asking more questions than um, that person was able to explain to you. Yeah. I think what drove me more nuts, the fact anytime I tried to ask or like if I went to court or something, it was automatically like you're at fault. Leave it alone. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But I always had that sour taste in my mouth towards towards that because of all the bad incidents that I had. Sure. Um, I agree with you, though. The very first time I went on a ride along with a CHP officer, this was in the Bay Area in San Jose, and I went on a ride along and we actually pulled over two people uh, and both did not. I mean, we pulled over a lot of people, but two incidents uh, where we came across people that were uh, didn't have a license and they had the same ID that I had. And I remember being on the other side and seeing that. It was it was very like 
it was hard. Like emotionally, I was kind of like, damn, I want to help the guy, but damn, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, one guy, the first person we pulled, they pulled over. He had a, he was, I think he was speeding or something. But we just we left him there. We just like, hey, make sure someone just comes, picks up, uh, picks you up, and you can't leave unless someone else is driving the car. And I remember like we went back and checked on him like thirty minutes later, forty minutes, and he was still there waiting for his ride. So we're like, okay, it makes sense. He actually listened to us. And then the second person. This guy had one light out, and the officer was like, that's a sign of something. Like, maybe I'm intoxicated, something like that. Maybe driving under influence. And uh, when we um, pulled him over, he was he showed his ID, and, and he had an open beer in his uh, center console. And we're like, damn. I was like, this guy, come on, man. <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he actually was under the influence. He got arrested and everything. But I looked at everything way different that day because I was like, uh, it really comes down to the way you communicate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How you are at your at that point, whatever it is that you're doing. And it comes with everything, not just driving. Right. It comes with life, life Mm -hmm. with your relationship, with your making a sale, with your anything. You have to communicate and has to come out in the right way and get people to understand your side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, look where I'm dealing with. Like, you're trying to tell me you're not driving under the influence, but you got an open container in the center console. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, understand where I'm coming from. So <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing where I get, I, I hope people get from this podcast and hearing this is that they can kind of, I now can talk about this very calmly and in and, and, and yes. peace. But, at the time, I was furious, but sure. I was furious because I never put myself in their shoes. Right. You know what I mean? I never yeah. took the time to understand where they're coming from. And that's one thing I would tell people is, you know, try to see both stories, both sides of the story, not just yours. Uh, when I actually got my driver's license when I was 23 years old, <laughs> I'm going to share this story. Yeah. All right. Is that okay? Yeah. You're, you're laughing yeah. already, huh? I know where this is going. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> So when I got my driver's license, I was so pumped up. I finally had a California driver's license. I'm driving down, I think it was Sunrise. Yeah. And uh, there was a... Um, a checkpoint. There was a checkpoint. <laughs> and uh, who did I see at this checkpoint? Fucking Jen Kale yeah. <laughs> is at this checkpoint. <laughs> and uh, I don't think you knew that I had a driver's license, huh? No. Did you? No, uh-huh. I don't think you... I think she didn't know that I had finally got my paperwork. And I'm driving through and she w- comes up, says hi. It's actually the first time I think you met my wife. Yeah, it was. Huh, yep. That was the first time you first met time. her. First yep. time. And um, and and I'm driving. I'm like pumped up. I remember walking <laughs> up and I telling all I'm like, oh yeah, I'm finally getting to show somebody my driver's license. Cause no joke, when I got my driver's license, I didn't get pulled over no more. It was like it was like they knew that I had a driver's <laughs> no license. No offense, now. Jose. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the like, hell? Cause I was yeah. pumped up to finally be like, look, here's I got my, a license. I got one. Yeah. But uh, Jen Kyo comes up to me. She was like, all right, look, just keep going. Don't worry about it. Uh, da, da, da. She was kind of like hooking it up so I don't get my car impounded. Well, we do random wave throughs, right? And so you drove through at that time where I was like, okay, we're just waving people through. So I'm like. Oh, I didn't know you guys did that. It was, yeah, don't, you guys do random like, ones? Yeah, because the way the checkpoints work, it's educational, right? So you stop couple, you know, cars and you're like asking for driver's license insurance if they've had anything to drink. And then other times you're like waving th- people through. And so um, it's kind of whoever's at the head of the checkpoint will go, OK, we're going to wave people through. So then you count, you know, come through. So as you guys come through, I'm like, oh, OK. 
you don't even have to sweat this. You just drive right through. Yeah. I was like, man, she doesn't know, I though. I see you holding it, though, like, <laughs> ready to show me. And I'm like, I don't even need it right now. Oh, that was awesome. It was pretty funny. I thought it was cool, though. And I, I wanted like, you to not worry about it. Like, yeah. That, I knew that that was a point of contention for you, so. Yeah, it was amazing, though. And I was like, Jen Kill's so tight. I love Jen <laughs> Uh Another thing about Jen Kill, so di- during this time when I was 16, 17, teaching her boxing, my, myself, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell her to take me down. And I'm gonna act like I'm running away. I'm gonna that's, see if I can run away no, from a cop. No, he started out with a little. We can, it was in that you weren't exactly fond of police officers. You had a little, a little bit of Chip. attitude <laughs> that tied with this. So it was, and I could feel it. I could sense it, and I got it from the stories that you had shared that you weren't exactly sure about uh, Jen Kel being here. <laughs> So, no, don't say that. It was. Well, a, I've a, always loved you, Jen Kelly. You've always been amazing. But I had amazing. just come back from instructor school, and so um, I teach other officers self defense, and um, and Jose was challenging me. This is after training, after class. Or yeah. So after class, and there was like, there's class was still here. So yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, Jose and was We talking, actually got in the ring here. And where he we're at right now. Challenged me to the ring, so I was like, okay, Jose, so like, this, let's this do this. This is what I told her though. Hold on, she's trying to take too much credit. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I told her. Yeah, go ahead. Let's get in the ring. I'm gonna act like act like you're arresting me, and then when you're like handcuffing me, I'm gonna try to run away from you. I'm gonna try to get away from it. Act like I'm gonna see if I can break loose. Okay. And I was like, I'm gonna see. I'm wondering if it's really that hard to get away from a cop. I'm gonna test myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> so and it was actually this corner right over here. Is that where it was? Yeah. And uh, he's like, All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Take yeah. me down. And I'm like, Okay. And she took me down. I grabbed her wrist <laughs> and, and I dropped him within seconds. And he pops back up and he's like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And I was like, okay, Jose, let's get ready again. So then he does it again. And I take him down on the other side. And he goes, drop down. And he's like, I'm never messing with Jen Kel. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. And it worked. Don't leave, leave your police officers alone, all right? Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think three people from that class eventually also got into law enforcement. I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, you're right. There was uh, other people that Jackie, I think were inspired. There was a girl named Jackie. Yeah, yeah. Jackie was there. And yeah. uh bald guy, construction dude, I can't remember his name. But he ended up getting into law enforcement. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, check you out. Hey. You inspired them. And it's Anybody can do it. Yeah. It's because you put me in handcuffs. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny. It was. It was a good moment. So that's probably, I mean, amazing. I mean, Jen Kill made so so many moves to get here and actually do this, and I'm thankful for you uh, for making it happen. I hope you guys get something out of this podcast. The biggest one is make sure you communicate. 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 Uh, put yourself in both sides of the stories. Don't just look at it from your side. And... I'm going to ask you, I try to do this with all my guests, but I want to do some off-the-wall questions that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Okay. And just think of the first thing that comes in your mind and answer it. Okay. Okay? All right. Don't think about it too much. Okay. Favorite restaurant in Sac? Favorite restaurant in Sacramento is the Melting Pot. Melting Pot? Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. All right. Tell me something about Jane Kill. No one knows. Just you. Something. Something unique that only you, that not many people know well, about Jen Kill. Identical twin. I know that. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Jen Kill. But most people don't know uh-huh, that. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I know that, though. Um, if you have someone that is listening right now that wants to have a career in law enforcement, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? What would be your tip to them to have a successful career in law enforcement? Because you've been in law enforcement for how many years now? Uh, about 
15, 16 years. 15, 16 years. Okay, so yep. that's a successful, pretty successful career, I think. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I would, <laughs> say, I would say research it because there are um, different types of agencies. And I like to say that each agency has a different personality. And you have to know what the best fit for your personality is going to be. So um, back when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was a crime scene technician, which is a civilian position. And as much as I loved doing that, I wanted to be able to talk to people. And the more research I did, the more I learned, I'm going to have to go through the police academy. And the only way for me to be a detective is to be a police officer. So I was like, man, how am I going to make that happen? Like it never, I was never, I didn't grow up wanting to be a police officer. I was an art major in school and it never crossed my mind. But circumstances back then made me, it just kind of led and opened that door. And then once I was in kind of in the civilian world, I could see the behind the scenes and realize that there are good people out there. Yeah. And I wanted to be part of the good change and um, wanted to make it happen course along the way there's a little resistance you know um because this was like 20 years ago or 16 years ago but it also made me realize that this was something that i was meant to do so um with challenges comes lessons learned and you know you have to stick with it and continue on the path um you can't just give up when things get hard so research it find the right uh personality of the departments that work for you because there's, you know, like CHP and then there's um, local police, police and, and then there's the deputies sheriff. and everybody has different personalities. So research it. Make sure that you can do the physical aspects of things. Um, it requires training. Not everything is um, strength. A lot of it's skill and technique, um, which is why someone that's my size can, you know, not just do it, but go on teaching um, to maybe help inspire others that never thought about it either you know so yeah. um and don't give up you yep. gotta just keep going you know that was an amazing tip don't give up i like that last question you've been right. consistently boxing for over a decade what about it do you love so much why do you continue boxing what do you like about the gym talk to me i i love it uh it's the best stress relief for me um I get, I'm always learning, uh, not just about boxing, but about myself. Every time I come, you know, the classes are always different. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say I have to come to, you know, so you can yell at me and tell me what to do <laughs> yeah. so I can like mentally check out and just each time I'm like pushing myself into new levels. Right. So yeah. even after, you know, 10 years, it's like footwork and movement. And then, you know, I love the mitt work. It's my favorite thing that we do. Yeah, um that's a popular one yeah it will it fun. brings everything together yeah, right because if you're too stationary it's too clinical then you're not really getting the full like in the ring having to move yeah. and um and i'm always learning so i love to learn and you do a great job uh, taking you know every skill set every level and pushing everybody yeah and there's great people here it's like family yeah. so cool makes it easy Thank you so much, Shankel. Thank you so much for being on it. Anything Thank you, Jose. you want to add on to? Anything you want to say? Uh, no? Anything? No, I mean, I think communication, be respectful, dignity, you, you know. Be a good person. On 
just be a good person. And you won't have to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Keep the crazy out. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you guys so yes. much for listening. Get uh, left, Send me a message. Yeah, I can talk. Send me mm-hmm. a message. Tell me what you think about the episode. Um, thank you for sharing your stories, Jose. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening. We out. Mm-hmm.